Guys, welcome back. This is the what episode, Rob? This is episode our seven uh, episodes six comments on episode six of Tales of the Unexpected series one. I'm I'm your co-host Chris, and uh, and I'm Rob. Right today is one called Neck. Um, and the title is pretty weird considering all the other titles that have been so far. Yeah, with the other titles you get some sort of hook, some sort of idea, but with this one, neck, could mean anything. Yeah, uh, w- or it could be to do with the neck, so you're always looking out for the neck bit, but it could be any manner of neck issue. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Okay, right. And um, I think without the title, neck... The actually the joke itself of being neck is it, you work up to it, right? Yeah. I guess it's fair to say that right at the end you get oh god, if I haven't worked it out now, that's why it's called neck. Yeah. And Roald Dahl introduces this episode by talking a bit about humour, the 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 funny aspects of dark black comedy, as he refers to it. He does, and and he gives some uh, examples of uh, of what is funny. Uh, so, example number one is a bucket, isn't it? Is a, a bucket falling, a paint falling on somebody's head. Yeah, well, which he describes as being that's really funny. But if it's like I don't know what what do you say? It's if like it severs a that's skull, it. Then it's not funny. Yeah. It's tragic, he says. Okay. <laughs> so then he says, okay, it's right. If that hasn't persuaded you, what I mean. A man falling into a sausage machine... And then being made into sausages and sold in a shop is definitely funny. I mean, yeah, but the thing about it... I, I, mean, I think that's worse. Yeah, it's awful, it's awful. It's awful? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's, <laughs> it's terrible, but the first thing when he said it, I was like, he's set me up now. I, want, I feel like I need to laugh at that. So he, he, he might be right. He might be right that a man... I think you know what it is. It's the words, sausage machine... <laughs> it's got that lovely oh yeah a man falling into a sausage machine and then being made into sausages it's quite Beano isn't it it's yeah and and there is a bit of a sort of a bit of an obsession I don't know. there's an interest in sausages with the English as well isn't there and like in game shows you'll often have people stuffing sausage skins oh yeah it's, that is it's a... thought to be funny is it because it's a bit phallic yeah well that I, it it has that, doesn't it? And on the are you talking about like generation game? Yeah. Yeah, when they bring it I mean that was the classic round that, wasn't it? It was like in Strictly Come Dancing, you get the the standard week. So you get movie week, yeah. the Blackpool week, you get the the musical week, and then in uh, generation game, it's the sausage making week. You know, everybody looks forward to. Oh, fucking hell! They're about to make sausage. This is going to be hilarious. Because and obviously everybody wants really horribly misshapen sausages. Yeah, or it to plough out. You've got that that yeah, kind of skin like jetting thing. out, and, it goes, <laughs> and it just won't stop. Ah, oh, even now I'm. Yeah, it's great. I think I need to buy a sausage machine. If I had, if money wasn't an object, I'd yeah. probably end up buying. Like, and didn't have a job. I'd get a, <laughs> I'd get a sausage machine, and and probably YouTube it, just film it. Is it is it a bit like the ice cream making machine though, and the sandwich toaster? Is it is it a sort of one shot here we oh, go no. thing? Oh no! Do you reckon you reckon you could use that for sort of continued entertainment? So I bought a, a ice cream maker. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, I bought one uh, last Christmas. Right. It was actually, I, I say bought, it was a, a gift from the company. You, right. you kind of like you choose. And um, they, so I thought, oh, great, ice, you know, ice cream, base at will, yeah, right? Yeah. But no, you... <laughs> When you read the instructions, and I was so excited, I was like, "Ice cream tonight!" What you basically have to do is, is make the ice cream first, pop it in the ice cream maker, and then add it, the ingredients and stuff. So it's just it's an ice cream enhancer. Well, <laughs> when I, when I've when I've seen them making ice cream on like Come Down with Me or something like that, yeah. it seems all you do is put it in a tub. Put it in the freezer and then keep scraping it with That's the fork. Sort of so is that what an ice cream maker is? Right. It's like a big fork. It's it's a storage. It's a storage to put your. I'll have to read the instructions again. All I can tell you is I've not made ice cream with it. However, I did get um, pizza stones. You got that, pizza. no, no. That was a present from my mum. I've used those a bit. I yeah, just, we we quite coveted those pizza yeah. stones. We we've got a metal version, you know, but yeah. it's not the same. No, these were Jamie Oliver ones. I can't remember what I got. I basically use it all the time. Ah, that was it. It's a dab radio. I got oh. a dab radio, and I, and I, it was something for the kitchen. And I was like, do you know what? Why? Where did we go? Why is this conversation happening? This one now. I think it's because. All things said and done, I want really want a sausage. A sausage making machine, yeah. Uh, Roald Dahl's introduced this one. Um, yeah, and he's he's got a brown shirt on. Yeah, uh, it's sort of normally lit. This one sometimes we're a bit dark yeah. with Roald. This one's yeah. a, bit, a bit normal. I thought. So after his um, discussion about you know what makes kind of comedy and stuff like that there's two things that happen one he continues to narrate these these whilst the, the action's happening which so, is something that's happened on the last few yeah yeah you know. so that might happen a bit more we don't know it was a bit of a surprise when it happened the first time so yeah okay but then but then he talks about the fact that two famous actors are going to make this funnier than he could have ever done on paper now yeah. then when you look at the cast list which two famous actors could he possibly have meant? So I listened carefully for this, and what he actually says is two stars. Oh, right. Ah, oh, right, okay. Anyway, so, so I converted it to two stars. Which two stars could he possibly have been talking about? Well, obviously I'm thinking John Gielgud's got to be one of them. Right, Gielgud, because it also his name in this is Jelks, which I misheard a few times as jokes. And... To be honest, he has got all the best lines. He's, he's not got, just got the best lines. He's the the kind of the Jiminy Cricket style. Uh, he's the conscience, conscience, isn't he? Yeah. So in this is Joan Collins, Peter Bowles, Gielgud, and then Basil is played by um, Michael Aldridge. Yeah. Okay. And so they, these guys are all pretty famous. So Dahl, Dahl has picked a couple as being the famous stars. Uh, so, it could be anybody. So I'm. You know, who is the other one? So it's got to be Gielgud. Is, is the other one Joan? Joan Collins. Now, I mean, at, Has this, to be. at this time, she's come sort of straight hot off the stud, so to speak, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, Let's begin this story. Let's kick off this story. We see um, the art historian travelling towards the house. Eventually, Peter Bowles turns up at the house, and we also see snapshots of this huge country manor. Joan Co- Enter Joan Collins. She's coming down the stairs, and she's, get- she's kicking off with Basil, who's her fella, her husband, um, about the tradesmen who were 
in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. They're unloading something from this van. In a, big, in a big crate. Big crate. Turns out, because Basil now takes them to this lawn where there's a few sculptures. Yeah. It's his new sculpture. So it's, it's unpacked at this point. Unpacked, yes. And uh, what, I, I sort of wonder, if you're making a sculpture for a show, then you aren't making it as a piece of art... You're making it as a prop. Yes. But it needs to look like a piece of art. Yeah, it, I think it looked like a piece of art. I, I suppose what, what happens is, you know you're saying it's called neck, and we're sort, we're sort of thinking, what, what does that mean? It telegraphs, you don't realise it at the time, but it telegraphs what's coming up. Yes. Once you, once you see it. The, the art historian, his comment on it, about the uh, how he's used the grain is very sort of not what you'd expect from an art historian. It's something like I might say if like somebody showed me a bit of art and I thought, well, what can I say about that? I'd say, oh yeah, I'd say that, but not not an art historian. So he's not an art critic. Well, I In wonder which, about him. Yeah, he's, he's obviously got something yeah. to hide. That yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah, that, yeah. Like. So so your thought here is possibly. Is this guy who he says he is? Is that one of the things? Well, yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I'm wondering. Mm. Uh, but, we, but even that level of um, class, as you might call it, commenting on the uh, on the art, he's even warned off from even saying that because Joan Collins' character is not going to like that sort of thing. So when we've got this un- unveiling of the thing, there's yeah. a. It's like. Um, it's like a, it's a piece of wood, a huge piece of wood that has a hole in it at the top. And, and it's kind of, it's the size of an average human being. Yeah. Okay. And the hole is just a little bit from the top. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's important to go into that detail at this stage. Okay. <laughs> now then, we go then. We, we So we've introduced our main characters, I guess. And then we go then to the uh, the art historian unpacking his case. We've done that scene, kind of, haven't we, with Gilgood, who yeah. sort of seems to warn him. So when he, when he shows him up to his room, he shows him the toilet and says, Beware the flush, sir. It's quite powerful. And I really liked that, but what? Why? How powerful would it have to be? <laughs> yeah, it's that you have to warn somebody about <laughs> it. And how does he know? Yeah. Also, wouldn't that? Because he has, like, you won't want to go to this country house and be a victim of this powerful flush, right? So you probably would stay away from doing a flush at all, wouldn't you? <laughs> or at least handle it at a distance. Well, I tell you, on the flushing point, I've always sort of thought it's a bit of a shame that if you've got bleach down there and you flush it, you get it on the mats. Right. And I've never sort of seen a way around this. And then last week, Al said to me, well, just shut lid before you flush it. Yes. Never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but another, another, uh, another great line from Jelks is he's talking about uh, shirts. And he says, you can't wear man-made fibre due to the static electricity which it gives off, causing blue flashes in the dark. <laughs> And uh, what, yeah. what, what, what sort of it seems to me is sort of suggesting really is one thing that comes up right at the beginning of this is people say that people have got no style. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And it's quite clear that it, to me it seems 
the only person with any style in this show is Gerald. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, because the uh, Peter Bowles character, Major Haddock, when he arrives, he arrives in a Rolls Royce, which yeah. is class, but with the sort of Colonel Bogey air <laughs> That's <body>. right, yeah. <laughs> which, which, is, which is not. Uh, the Hertzberg, the uh, heart historian, he seems to be a bit of a sort of... He's not got much in his case. No, that's right. He's, he's embarrassed trying. he's not got much in his case. Jelts yeah. won't be put off from unpacking his case. Yeah, yeah. So he's if he's got money, it's sort of new money. Joni, that seems to be new money sort of thing as well, which is generally sort of viewed to be a little bit sort of uh, un- unacceptable in terms of style and class. So it does seem as though it's saying Jelts is the only one Who's got that? They all look down on everybody. This little group of people look yeah. down on everybody. We're also introduced to a another person who doesn't really have much to do in this. Is it Camille or Carmen? Carmen, Carmen yeah. Carmen Silvera. Yeah, who, who who I've written down looks a bit like, or reminds me of Rosa Klebb from... Um, the, as the James Bond villain, you know, the one with yeah. the knife in a shoe. Yeah, from Russia with Russia, Love. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, so so you've got now uh, this, they eat dinner and, sh- and Turton's complaining it, uh, about Basil as if he's not even there. Yeah, yeah. And then he's the last to eat his food and he never argues back, which is quite a nice bit of character here. And, and in this point, uh, there's another good line from Jelks because he comes in to say that there's a telephone call That's for, right. for Lady Turton. From the editor of the Herald. And uh, what they want to know is they want to know about something for the nudes for the Northern Edition. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. And, and she says, I- I'm going to tell them to go large. Or yeah. Something. She says, um, think big. Think yeah. <laughs> um, so is that a dig yeah. at the North? Well, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's a dig at the north, or because this was seventy nine. Remember, maybe yeah. maybe rhythm magazines were were big news. It occurred to me the other day that there was loads. There was fucking hundreds. Like if you typed in April, you know, and there would be so many per month. Yeah, you don't. That it, your magazines are still on sale now, but who's paying? Whatever two, three, four pounds, whatever they are. Why would you? Why would you now? I mean. Everybody's got the internet. Everybody's got the internet. I mean, the only sort of magazine... St- well, a couple of magazine stories spring to mind is that we did decide, at and I, to have some um, rhythm mags in the uh, toilet on, yeah. our, on our middle floor. Yeah. Just, you know, for reading purposes, obviously. Reading the articles. articles. Yeah. And uh, so I had to go in a shop and buy one. And even though I'm a grown-up, it's still quite a sort of, yeah. you know nerve-wracking thing to do so I, I went in and selected uh, it was a, a pack of two you know but I didn't check the price right went to the till and she told me the price and uh, I looked in my wallet and I'd not got enough to pay for it and I had to put them back and walk <laughs> <laughs> how embarrassing is that oh that's the worst it's like it's bad enough when you haven't got enough money to pay for anything, but rhythm. I know. Oh my god! Awful. What was the other story? Oh, the other story was uh, on a different day. Elle and I were uh, <coughs> at a petrol station, and for some reason, she she dared me to buy yeah a, a rhythm mag, and uh, so I, I did. I bought it. We took it home. 
put it in the um, magazine rack and uh, basically forgot about it. And obviously we we collect um, Empire and we used to read a lot of the sort of lads magazine those days. Um, we went on holiday and our parents were uh, looking after the house. And uh, when we came back, my dad said, oh, I hope you don't mind. I've borrowed your magazines out of magazine rack. And of course, it had got that in it. I tried to explain, but it just came across as really clumsy. Honestly, it's not what you think, you know, but... So, is he, did he ever say, I found something? Or? Well, he, he, was, he was actually all right about it, and, yeah. and he then subsequently did ask about Jenna Jameson, and uh, he did borrow a DVD off <laughs> <laughs> By this point, though, because they're playing cards, um, Lady Turns losing, and we're approaching the midpoint, mid-episode break. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I, I just, I was like, I can't see where this was going. So again, I'm, I thought it said neck. I'm trying to work out. I, I've almost been led on a few different avenues that I didn't know which one I was. Like, like what? What are you? What are you thinking? So, well, the fact that it's neck was... We've, bearing in mind, we've already had the man from the south, which I bet that went kind of like a bit weird. Yeah. So it's not going to be that, because why would they repeat that? Yeah. Um, I'd had to work on the fact that that sculpture was quite important. Yeah, yeah. Now, th- those these are the things It's kind of like... It's something to do with the bet, a bet or a gamble with the card game, or it's something to do with a sculpture because it was big news. There's a third point, which is that happens early in the night, uh, early in the morning, I should say, whilst it's still dark, yeah. is that Lady Turton breaks into Paul's room, the art historian's room. Yeah. It's her house, she's got a master key, and begins to have a bit of a smooch, turns the lights off and has a, a smooch. He's, he's locked the door, because he's obviously not expecting it, but uh, she's not to be put off. She also makes a, a big thing here, the fact that there are 47 rooms. Yes. I'm, 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 as though that m- might mean something, but, I'm yeah, not sure. Because I looked at that house from the outside, if you if you do watch this, you'll notice it yourself. That's about right. Yeah. There's 47. There's nothing, there's nothing weird about the fact that she's mentioned 47 rooms, so why mention it at all? But what it reminded me of when she came into the uh, room was a story that an ex-girlfriend had told me when I was still at school. So we'd be about 17, and uh, I'd, I'd sort of been seeing her up until that for about a year. And then she was seeing this other guy, uh, who was sort of quite a straight-laced sort of fella, called Rog. And she said they'd gone to, they'd stayed at his parents' house, and they'd gone to, to bed, and Roger had had to go to his bedroom, and she'd gone into hers. And then in the middle of the night, she'd done the sneak across, right. across the landing, yeah. as, as you do. And apparently, Rog, because he lived in quite a big house, had locked his door. And she said she was throwing herself at it with a shoulder, saying, let me in, let me in. And he's saying, no, 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 and and refusing to let her in. (laughs) We did later at a party find one of his vests that, 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 that she managed to get off him when she had got him into a bedroom. 
<laughs> so she did. She did fine. It did end well for her, but it, it did make me think of that. Um, but, but anyway, so so going back to that, so there's a third avenue that I could be led 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 to. Where where was the unexpected bit going to be? Well, I'm going to find out in a minute because uh, it's next morning, yeah. or rather before that. Sorry, Gilgood comes in as Jelks and says, Ah, thought somebody had broken into the house. I'd heard some some yeah. kind of noise. And she chastises him a little bit, but he sends her on her way. And, and I think there's been a quite an erotic bit there where Joni pulls back the bedding, looks down, and reaches down, and then gets hold of the bow on it. You don't see it, but she's, she's, she undoes the bow on his pyjamas. Yes, and also what she's wearing, silky. Yeah. It's all, as I say, this is definitely a bit... This is, like, for the dads, Yeah, this one. Um, when you've got Joan Collins in... The, in a, a in a play, you would want to capitalise on her the sexiness. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially being hot off the back of the stud and the bitch by by this time. Yeah. And indeed, the next kit that we see her in is Joppers. So this is next morning. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, Basil is taking the art historian out for a little bit of a walk, and they're in there, the sculpture park. I guess that's what you would call it. Um, all the sculptures, they're not like you know. The David or anything like that. They're quite. What would you, how would you describe them? Well, I, I think there's one that looks like a big polystyrene packing chip. That uh, yeah, I noticed one that looked a little bit like uh, Sigmund Freud uh, with sunglasses on. <laughs> um, I mean, to me, I'm no art historian, but they look awful. Yeah, you know, to yeah. me, this is another well, signifier of yeah. lack of taste. Yeah, Jelt uh, would have better in his garden, wouldn't yeah. it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but that's a bit too much art talk. <laughs> um, so um, and they sit in this kind of gazebo type thing pergola I think that's what they're called yeah and just having a bit of a chat and then we see Bowles and Collins uh, kind of having a r- roll around in the hay yeah yeah they they sort of run into a horse stable sort of stable yeah. thing, don't they and, and again it's very very yeah. sort of fast yeah it's this early yeah there's no it's late 76 comedy sort of stuff there's, there's nothing there's no saxophone music playing it's it's, it's giggling isn't yeah, it it's giggly so they're chasing around and then they end up by the sculpture that we've referred to the the one with the hole in it and they're taking photographs on it and around it and stuff and then good idea Stick her head through, yeah. And stick her head through the hole that's, that's towards the top, and take photographs. And Bowles is going, ah, oh, she's marvelous. It's like a Polaroid camera, isn't it? Because yeah. you can see the photograph instantly. Yeah. And what is what? Because they're giggling and smirking and stuff like this. Not necessarily the smirks, but the the laughter. It's alerted Basil and the art historian to them two messing about, and he sees them kiss. Yes, through through the hole through in the. Now he knows that that isn't probably the first time that that's he's not shocked that that's happened no I think he's probably not, the, probably not the only guy either it's like not exclusive to Peter Bowles it's a number of different guys and it's a number of different times it's happened yeah I mean do you think Jelks will have told him about finding her in the young fella's bedroom he's probably or he's probably said he's probably said I think there was a break in last night in that young fella's bedroom you know what I'm saying Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's not said that, uh, but he doesn't need to. That's the thing. So, anyway, uh, then he realises, or rather, Joan realises, that she can't get her head back out of the hole. Yeah. And at this point, for the rest of the episode, really, 
there's a bit of a torrent of sort of doublon tendres. When she can't get her head out of the hole at first, then the first thing that uh, Bowles says is, what goes in must come out. And I'm, yep. and I'm thinking that's got to be yeah. that's got to be one. Yeah, and then the tugging from behind, which if yeah. you were to look from a distance, it would look like he was rogering her. Yeah, and they send for a big vat of petroleum yeah. jelly. Yes, um, butter, lard, lard or, uh, and, and, and sends... Um, uh, Rosa Kleb off yeah, to find and she something. comes back with a big bucket of petroleum jelly petroleum jelly uh, which would we would describe as Vaseline to yeah, uh, yeah I guess the, it would be easiest way and you mentioned it looking as though they're uh, having sex from yeah. behind whilst what what he does is he takes her jacket off her, yeah, got, for no reason no at all, all. Yeah. and then takes hold of her hips from yeah. behind and he's pulling and she's saying, I can't, it hurts. Yeah, that's right. And she squeals and screams and stuff like that. So it's it's certainly sexual. There's no two ways about it. It's yeah. not it's not us seeing this as a oh that's a bit. But no, that was the that was the intention. There. Well, you see, that that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's definitely the intention. I, I I was glad about that yeah. because uh, I mean she looks great in it, didn't yeah. she? You know. And I thought, is this just just me? But no, no it's I, definitely not. So um, then um, we've got um, oh, I tell you, yeah. I tell you, just what. Another theme that comes in here is ears. Yeah, so he's, so Gilgood's come over by this point and says... Um, so first of all, Bowles says, stick your ears back. Yeah. And she says, I'm not, I'm a, not horse. a horse. Yeah. And then Gilgood said, it's probably the ears. Um, they swell when in, you get in moments of excitement. excitement. Which is obviously, I, I would have thought, more cock. Than... <laughs> well, I, I would have thought with me that's certainly the, the case. The, I've, I've never... Yeah. Pay anyway, attention to me. Um, and then over this way, you've got the guy, the two guys, Basil and Paul, in the pergola thing. Yeah, and he goes, well, "I suppose we ought to help, but there's no urgency." And instead, they decide to have a cigarette. Yeah, and I think Paul's like eh, a bit odd. Maybe we should help. So eventually, they walk over. Now then, there's a bit of a cut here. You see Gil go back in the house, and he's, he's walking past the suit of armor. Which has one of those kind of axe battle axes, you those, know, with the, ornamental. Type yeah, the, that, uh, there's an axe head on each end, <laughs> or a blade on each. A end. blade, a blade. It's all on one end, isn't it's, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes um, and he pops it on a tray and gives it to a, a young boy, and then makes the boy walk out. And then, as they get to the thing, and, and there's a bit of group here. Yeah, then, I think. Oh, it's to and fro in and stuff. Like it's panic stations. And Basil's quite calm though. But it finishes up with like Basil, Paul Herzog, Carmen. They've all got a leg on Jill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're all involved. Yeah. There's there's a bucket of Vaseline. There's she, three or four people. Is, uh, it's it's covered it's in it. Covered it all around her neck and face and hair and stuff like that. She looks she looks a proper shit. Like plaster as radio. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Now then, then axe is presented, but also on the tray is a saw. And Gilgood said, "Which what would you like then?" But do you do you think he's he's pushing the axe? Well, I think we're being told the axe. Yeah, rather, yeah. I think because I, I I thought the axe handle was pointing towards him a bit. Yeah. Not only that, but the the sun glinted across it. It was like that ding <laughs> sort of thing. So of course Basil picks up the axe, and then. It's quick scene cuts, close-ups of, of his face, her face, everybody else's faces. That, and what's he going to do? Is he going to chop the sculpture because it's wood? Maybe that... But he values but the sculpture. He values the sculpture. And do you know what? He's probably had enough of his wife. Yeah. And probably couldn't care less what happens to him. So, 
He picks up the axe aloft and then over the top of the black screen she squeals though, doesn't it? Yeah, but that could be either. It could be... If he's chopping into the wood. She's just in shock. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I wondered about that. It's a good ending on TV, but how would you write that and maintain the suspense? How do you mean? Well, it's a story. It's a short story. Yeah. How can you describe a scenario where you left it up in the air as to whether he'd cut her head off or, or not? Oh, well, that's the tales of the unexpected. This is what we've said all along, is that the next five minutes would be are vitally important to us. But the brilliance of the show is that they don't give you that five minutes. They don't. They stop it just before the questions can be asked or the answer is revealed or anything like that. It's wonderful. And, of course, the writers aren't saying... We'll not show that bit. We intended this bit. This is now for us to decide. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I thought the first half was... It was a little bit dreary because I just wanted to get into it. I now realise that the it was a setup to how horrible this group of people are as a, as a society. Yeah. The only, the only sane one there is Paul. And he's been invited... He's, he's kind of like... He's been brought into this by sort of like by an accident. Yeah, okay. and and it seems he's although although saying he seems to be also a bit dubious because we say we we question his credentials. He's he, wear, he, he wears a bad, clip on Dicky Bow. Yeah, could that be bad writing that his language and the uh, the title be, the title be. is given? Yeah, and if if we're to excuse the fact, if but, but rather, there is something about the fact that. He's not what he pretends to be because he is very, very concerned about Jelks un- unpacking for him. Yeah, so maybe there's an underlying story here. Yeah. Which, which yeah. is he went in because he's also valued the collection at millions. Which comes as a surprise to Peter yeah. Bowles when, yeah. when that's mentioned. So possibly he's in for some fraud or yeah. he's, he's going to do some extortion of some sort. But actually, we don't get to that story because this next story takes over. Interesting second story. Okay, right. Guys, we'll end it there. Uh, Thanks for listening. And join us next time when we'll be watching or listening and reading and speaking about... Edward the Conqueror, about a husband, a wife and a stray cat. See you then. Bye. Bye.